surprise, the Kings are in second place in the Pacific Division. It feels weird, but I kind of like it. We're going to talk about how they got there on today's episode of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Sarah Vampato. Glad to be here with you as we talk all about the Kings and you're joining me for another episode of uh, Mini Kings Monday, although we're talking about the big Kings today. But uh, as as is our new tradition here on the show, uh, we have frequent flyer, frequent friend of the show, uh, secret King aficionado, Jay Foster of Lockdown Blue Jackets, uh, covering the range for field pass hockey. Uh, and also generally just easily bullied into being on my show with me as we talk about the Kings. Uh, And we're going to look at their exciting weekend uh, because they put in two big wins. But before we get to all that, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline, and where BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. And of course, thank you for listening to the show and for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available Wherever you get your podcasts, also you can hear us on the YouTubes if that's your thing, and uh, just generally, you know, come and say hi while you're listening to a podcast. So the Kings, two big wins. We're going to look at both of them, the win over the Ducks, the win over the Islanders, and then take a look at what's in store for the team tonight against the Boston Bruins. But let's start with the Ducks because of both of the wins this, this weekend, honestly, this is the one that feels the best to me, like spiritually psychologically extremely satisfying to be the very very satisfying um four to one win over the ducks uh and this is one that i was nervous about because in the show on friday when i previewed it uh, i very confidently said the kings would win and that usually goes poorly for me so maybe the curse is broken this time i don't know i don't really want to test it but kings win uh carl grunstrom adrian kempe with two goals Anshe Kopitar scores all of them just really rad goals. The Ducks scored one at the end by Terry, but whatever. No one cares. No one cares about that. No, not at all. It wasn't like a cool, like maybe if it was like one of those, like, I don't know, Trevor Zegris like does a backwards flip and scores like with his nose or something, that'd be rad. But it was just a goal. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, it was. It was fine. It was acceptable. I will allow them to have this one goal. Um, it could have been worse. Yeah, that was a. It was a pretty solid game for the Kings, all things considered. Uh, I was fully expecting nonsense, and there was very little nonsense. So, yeah. good job, guys. There was, like, there was like a minimal amount of nonsense. Like Brendan Lemieux existed, but only got into like a reasonable amount of nonsense, and not like. A, a, a distressing amount of nonsense yeah um, he didn't do anything super dumb <laughs> which honestly is like especially playing against <laughs> yeah it's all i asked he didn't, he didn't take a penalty and he didn't bite anyone so right you know. right like we're doing good he didn't fight um nick delorier who i feel like is usually the the dance partner for uh for guys on this team that want to fight him but no we just played a 
normal average game of hockey against the ducks and i, I think i mean well also uh jonathan jonathan quick did take a penalty which was exciting i love me some goalie penalty minutes goalie penalty minutes are second only to goalie points um <laughs> i love goalie penalty minutes and i know that you're not supposed to because obviously they still count as having to kill the penalty but honestly i feel like goalies should be allowed to do a little bit of murder Right, just a right. Bit. Especially if your name is like Jonathan Quick, and th- this is what you have to work with is you should absolutely be allowed to do a little bit of murder. And I feel like that whole play was very funny because Brendan Lemieux was the one who went to the box, and so everyone just assumed that Brendan Lemieux had done something stupid because that's just who he is. And then of course they announced it, and they're like Jonathan Quick, two minutes for roughing, and everyone's like, Oh yeah, I can see it. I can see it. It made sense. <laughs> just, I just, he, he should like, I just once, just once before his career is done, whether it's his career as a king or his career overall as a hockey player, I just, just once I want him to fight someone, like legitimately goalie fight. Just once. Just once. I feel like we haven't had like an actual real goalie fight in forever. No, like they, they get it out of their system in like the minors, I guess. But I like, come on, just just a little bit of murder. Just a little. Yeah. And honestly, Jonathan Quick deserves it the most, frankly. Right. And like, yeah, bonus points for him if like the person he ends up fighting is, you know, Corey Perry, David Perron, like <laughs> just one of those guys. Mike Smith. Um, I feel like I feel like Jonathan Quick hates yes. Mike Smith for reasons that I do not know. I, I feel like they, like, I like I, I feel like they just, whenever they both are approaching, like, I hope they both end their careers at the, like, I just need them to discuss before a game and be like, do you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, just, just do it, man. Like, or I don't know, all-star game should have a goalie fight competition. Yes. There's how you revitalize your all-star game is let your goalies fight. Do goalie fastest skater. Yes. Do goalie fighting. Let the goalies shoot. I think what I want is just an all goalie all star game. That'd be great. Like that's that's what I want. Um, I mean, because it's like, what I deserve. That was the only time that like everyone universally cheered for Mike Smith was the all star game in L.A. where he scored a goalie goal. Right. Like everyone was like, this feels very uncomfortable rooting for Mike Smith and cheering for him, but it was also the greatest thing I'd ever seen. It was. I remember I watched that and I was like, is Mike Smith good at hockey? (laughs) And the answer is no, obviously. No, no. He's very good at that one specific thing. Right. Like, we've talked before on the show about like goalies handling the puck and why do, but like, and how many of them probably shouldn't go out on adventures and handle the puck. But like, if there's one thing that Mike Smith is actually like legit better than other goalies at, it is going out there and doing stuff with the puck. It's just the rest of goaltending. I think that he, is. yeah, he's one of like three goalies that's allowed to handle the puck. Right. Everyone else, please stay in stay your homes. Home. Yeah. No adventures, no adventures. Um, but this, yeah, this was a, this was a pretty good game for um, Jonathan Quake specifically. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he's been only okay in the past few. Yeah. But I thought this was a, a really solid, a really solid game for him. Uh, one goal on 24 shots. 
So, nope, one goal on 25 shots. I can read. Meh. And, Numbers are hard. Yeah, good. All good things. Again, very quietly, I still think that this, this season is powered, powered entirely by spite. Oh, yeah. And I, I respect that. Um, and really, like, aside from the fact that it's always very satisfying to, to win over the Ducks, like, that's just chef kiss amazing. It was, like, a legitimately important game for the Kings and their playoff hopes because, you know, the Ducks have been neck and neck with them. Uh, until recently, the Ducks have kind of hit a little bit of a rough patch. Uh, they've only won four of their last 10, uh, and the Kings win over the Ducks, and then the next game over the Islanders has put a, a considerable distance in terms of points between the two of them. The Kings right now sit second in the Pacific with 65 points. The Ducks have jumped all the way, or sunk, I guess. I'm sure there's a duck pun in there somewhere that I don't know how to land. But uh, they're all the way down to fifth in the division, 59 points. Uh, they're out of the picture in terms of a wild card spot. Uh, they have they've actually dropped below Edmonton. Uh, so wild card right now is Nashville and then Dallas uh, and then Edmonton and Edmonton and Anaheim are the ones that are just out of the picture. So for the Kings looking to hold on to any playoff spot, you know, the fact that they're in second is amazing. Uh, but getting those two points over the Ducks, it's one of those games that. I didn't want to come back to haunt us at the end of the season. And so far, you know, so good. Thanks. Sorry, Ducks. Not really. Yeah, it's going to haunt the the Anaheim Ducks instead, which I'm about. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, no complaints here. Yeah, it was one of those important, uh, in soccer, they call them four-point games. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you win, then you basically, essentially it's the same as jumping four points in the standings, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like when the two te- when they played each other, they were neck and neck in stand in the points. Mm-hmm. Like they both had fifty nine points. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm all about this outcome. Um, I, I love seeing I love seeing Adrian Kempe score goals in general, and then he just is actually getting super psyched about it now. I feel like he used to just be like ah another goal, but he looks like he's having fun, which I feel like is the like icing on top of this delightful Swedish cake yes it's it's wonderful he yeah I feel like because he's never really had like a a super offensive season he's now like oh okay this is what's what it's like to score a bunch of goals this is super fun um it does feel insane that this is only the second Ducks Kings meeting by the way I went to see what the season series was and they still have to play twice more yeah and I had legitimately forgotten I had like erased the first game from my memory. <laughs> so it was a mess. Yeah. That was a not... weird game where they like they the ducks went up 4-1 and then blew the 4-1 lead and then won in like a six-round shootout, right? Yeah. Because why wouldn't we have a weird game? I feel like you fell like... asleep in the middle of that game and me and uh, me and Jason, host of Lockdown Ducks, were talking in the group chat about it and you woke up to nonsense. Oh that's yeah, that, that's probably why I don't remember it because I was just <laughs> like, yeah, because they the the ducks had that lead and I was like, well, this is gonna go poorly. I'm just gonna go take a nap. And then I woke up to like WTF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember me and Jason were both in the group chat, like, Sarah, Sarah, everything is happening. Oh, she's asleep, isn't she? <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah, that's King's Ducks for you, I guess. Moral of the story, don't fall asleep, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, we're going to take a look at the King's other action this weekend against the Islanders. But before we get to that, uh, let's talk snacks. And maybe a good snack would have kept me 
from falling asleep in the middle of that game, or as I did in the game this weekend, falling asleep literally the second after the final buzzer sounded, uh, I could have used maybe a nice delicious snack to keep myself awake, uh, give me the energy to finish out some late night hockey games. And I probably should have gone to my stash of built bars uh, to go and retrieve one and uh, have a little bit of a pick me up in the middle of the night. If you don't know what a built bar is, they are the best tasting protein bars that are out there. They are super delicious treats and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got lots of great flavors, including the cinnamony churro puff. They've got coconut marshmallow. They've got coconut almond brownie. They've got cookie chunk stuff, just super all delicious. They are low in calories, high in protein, uh, low sugar, low carbs, and just really all around delicious as compared to like candy bars, which are also really good, but have slightly less of the healthy things that healthy people care about. Uh, so you can go to built.com, see all of the great flavors they have available and go and check them out for yourself. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. The Kings finished out their weekend against the New York Islanders, which uh, I was talking to someone before this game and I was like, this, we both kind of agreed, like, this feels like a trap game. This feels like one of those games that the Kings should win. And then they just end up blowing it. So I kind of went into this game a little apprehensive because I was like, yeah, it's a Barry Trotz team, even though the Islanders aren't particularly good this season, we all know what kind of hockey uh, Barry Trotz teams play. And I was like, yeah, this feels like a game that the Islanders accidentally win like two to nothing or something. Uh, but the Kings proved me wrong, uh, largely thanks to Thousand Oaks native Trevor Moore, uh, who had a fantastic game. Phil Deneau uh, is just always delightful. Uh, also scored in that game, Matt Roy. So the Kings are undefeated when Matt Roy scores a goal. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's work on that one. Uh, Quentin Byfield scored a goal technically. Uh, although it bound, it was basically an old, an old, an own goal. Can't say that one. It was basically an own goal from the Islanders, which was really funny. But hey, it counts. Uh, Brendan Lemieux somehow scored. Like good for him, I guess. Uh, but it was five to two final score. Islanders had a couple of goals. Don't really care. Uh, the other Sebastian Aho plays for the Islanders, which I think is always just funny to remember that there are two of them, and one of them is really, really good, and one of them is just a guy. But <laughs> I think one of them is Swedish as well. One of them is the, the good one is Finnish. And then I think the other one is Swedish. Yes. Which is extra funny. It's just so funny. <laughs> just, just two identical guys, but one of them is older <laughs> and less good at hockey and also Swedish. Right. Like just not weird at all or anything. Uh, but yeah, this game, I feel like this was also a game that you were like, should I bother watching this one? And I was like, I don't know. You should go do something else. <laughs> I just didn't trust it. I also, yeah, I, I thought this game was, like you said, like both a trap game and also just a trap, you know, <laughs> like a, a game where you go in and you're like, oh, the Kings are going to win this. The Islanders are terrible, which I still don't really understand because yeah, they yeah, haven't sure. super done anything different to last <laughs> season. Um, but somehow they, they suck this year, which again, I'm not mad about, but I thought this was a trap. I was very ready for the Islanders to score a bajillion goals. Uh, and they didn't do that. And honestly, when the when they scored the 4-2 goal, so it was like, what, like a minute and a half left in the third period, I was mm -hmm. like, that's still so much time for the, yes. the Kings to trip over themselves. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I, once that gold happened, I, I'm pretty sure I even tweeted like, don't blow this because I could very easily have seen how that was going to go just terribly awry. The third period, the Islanders had 13 shots. So like they, they were trying, they were getting on their hockey horse and just going to town. And thanks Cal Peterson, I guess, who had some like really, really ridiculous saves that I was like, okay, Cal, like, sure. I don't know how you did that, but okay. Yeah. He had some exciting moments. Uh, I think there was, he had a really exciting moment in the first where I forgot that it was Cal Peterson in there and was like, that looks like a typical Jonathan Quick uh-huh. type save. Uh, oh, it was, it was the, who was it? I can't remember which Islander it was, but they shot the puck and he, and then it rebounded. And he like threw himself at Anthony Beauvillier basically <laughs> and made the save and then just kind of backflopped onto the ice and then twirled in the crease to try and throw his glove hand out he made the stop he made about three or four stops it was amazing but I remember watching that and thinking oh he's been you know how dogs sometimes start to look like their owners or others start to look like their dogs I feel like eventually backups start to play like Mm -hmm. the -hmm. guys that they learn from and there's a there's a lot of crossing the streams happening between Cal Peterson's goal and Jonathan Quick's uh, Cal Peterson's goaltending and Jonathan Quick's goaltending yeah, it's very like, yeah, because there are moments where you're like, oh man, like how Peter, it's like a breath of fresh air. He just plays a very quiet, boring game. Uh, and then you remember, ah, yes, A, he plays for the Kings. He has the same <laughs> coaching system as Jonathan Quick. He is an American goaltender who grew up watching and likely idolizing Jonathan Quick as a kid and teenager. So, of course, there are moments where you're like, oh no, oh, you just, <laughs> okay, okay, cool. He does occasionally turn into that gift from The Hobbit of, I'm going on an adventure. And I, unfortunately, I think Cal Peterson is one of the goalies that does not belong in that camp of the Mike Smith school no. for how to stick handle and also how to do other things really good too. No, but I just want him to stay in his stay little... in his home at all times. Yeah, no, please, please don't, don't go, Cal. Just, just stay where you are. There's no arrow um, there, Cal. It's, it's right. life. It's just, it's not safe. It's, mm-hmm. it's a scary place. You should not do that. Um, I do have to point out uh, Trevor Moore and his very good performance. He had a goal and an assist, uh, just a really great play that helped set up the goal for Phil Deneau that opened scoring for the Kings. Uh, he had a uh, empty net goal at the very end of the game, which was very delightful. And I said this on Twitter and like, I will apologize formally in the podcast because there were times earlier in this season that I was watching Trevor Moore and I was like, what do you even do here? You were very mean about Trevor Moore at the start of I, the season. I was because he just like, he, he like couldn't really find his like niche in the lineup. I didn't really know what kind of player he was trying to be. Like he was invisible half of the time, which is okay. If you're like a young defenseman and I don't want to see you because if I see you, that means you've done something wrong. Um, and then when he wasn't invisible, he was just doing really like, just like, like just very energetic, but with no direction, it felt like, and he's really kind of focused it. And I think it helps that he's playing on a line with Phil Deneau, uh, who is a very responsible player. So if Trevor Moore has any lapses, it doesn't particularly matter because uh, there's someone there to cover for him. But like, I, I formally apologize for any like 
annoyed frustration I've ever expressed <laughs> about Trevor Moore this season because he has been a gosh darn delight let's just say yeah <laughs> he's very late. quietly become one of the more kind of consistent kings mm-hmm. I think I know we talked a little bit last week about how sometimes you get really good Trevor Moore and then sometimes you get kind of questionable Trevor Moore mm-hmm. but since he's kind of been on that line with uh Phil Deneau and is it Victor Robertson that's on that line yeah. as well yeah like that's a it's a really fun line and every time I see it I'm like well a Trevor Moore four checks like <laughs> a dog with a dog after a bone you know uh he will back check he mm-hmm. skates hard he's not afraid to throw a hit I mean I hitting is kind of a useless part of this game like if hitting went away yes yesterday I wouldn't be mm-hmm. sad about it you know because hitting generally means that the other team has the puck right but he's not afraid to kind of mix it up and be quote-unquote gritty and he, yeah he's just that line is always always super fun to watch was he which trade was he part of again was he the jack campbell trade or was he the jake muzzin trade or was he a third trade that i've forgotten about i think he was the jake muzzin trade but if you want to talk about him for like 35 seconds while i google this um i can confirm that (laughs) well i googled it and the autocomplete gave me travel more cause of death which oh gosh yeah no that's (laughs) Apparently there is a different Trevor Moore that that died. Right. Unless Google has like, yeah, he was part of the uh, Jack Campbell slash Kyle Clifford trade. Uh, So I I forgot that they picked up Kyle Kyle Clifford as well. Yeah. And two draft picks. Uh, So thanks Toronto for, for, for that. I mean, Uh, Toronto's doing okay with Jack Campbell, like the game uh, against the Red Wings, notwithstanding. Um, Apparently, like, he has been quietly, well, I, I wouldn't blame, I I love Jack Campbell so much that I'm not going to blame him. I'm going to blame the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, like, his numbers have just taken, like, a nosedive lately. But... It is almost as if when a guy goes from playing, like, 20 games a season to playing, like, 50 games a season, it's a big right. game. He gets tired and should not be relied upon like that. Do they they but... even have a backup? Like, <laughs> I mean, technically, well, they have Peter Mrazek. Oh, well, he's always hurt. It's fine, but again, like, his bones are made of glass, you know? Yeah. It's okay, Jack. It's not your fault. It's Toronto. Yeah. But, oh, well. I mean, I'm not... I don't feel bad about it. Like, <laughs> I, know that, I know that we love Jack Campbell here in, in Los Angeles, but I'm not yeah. upset about Toronto suffering. No, um, no. T- Toronto could, yeah, just... Any, any, any losing that they do is just incredibly entertaining. Yeah, and I feel like to kind of bring it back to Trevor Moore a little bit, he feels like one of those players that is getting a chance in Los Angeles that he wouldn't have gotten in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not because Toronto has a better lineup necessarily, but I think he just got overtaken by a couple of other players yeah. in the lineup and just couldn't figure out how to wait to work his way back in. Uh, whereas, you know, he came to LA, he started out on that fourth line if I recall correctly, and has mm-hmm. kind of worked his way up. Clearly he's clicking with Dino and uh, Arvidsson, or I think occasionally Kempe plays on that line as well, which obviously yeah. helps anyone's offense on that team. But <laughs> he seems to have really taken this opportunity and just kind of grabbed it with both hands and it's working out. So, you know, sometimes a player just needs a change of scenery and he seems to be a guy that has really taken advantage of being in a new place on a new team at a time of like great, transition within the team so Mm -hmm. yeah and he both fulfills the trevor criteria 
and the we need a local Southern California boy to talk about 45 times on every broadcast. So yeah. I think that all How else will people know that he's from Thousand Oaks? Right. Like I, I don't, I, we, they need to put it on his, his jersey. His, his jersey doesn't say more anymore. It says Trevor Moore from Thousand Oaks. Like, <laughs> let's get on that. <laughs> but I bet, I bet, actually, I bet that you can go and investigate your options for potentially putting down some wagers on where Austin Matthews might end up uh, once he gets tired of losing in Toronto. Oh, I said it. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Kings, but before we do that, let's talk about betonline.net because that's where you can do things like potentially put down a wager that says where will Austin Matthews sign in the future. Uh, but of course there's other stuff than just my funny hockey takes football, of course is over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. We are right on the cusp of March madness. If that's your thing, you can go to betonline.net and uh, check it all out. You can find out things from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And of course, it isn't just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and pretty much anything you could possibly think of. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. So the Kings have one game coming up right now, I guess, on Monday. Uh, they're playing the Boston Bruins, which I don't, like, as someone who only, like, reverse East Coast bias, like, only marginally pays attention to what's happening in the Eastern Division, like, I don't, what's, what's even, I, I suspect that maybe you know a little bit more about what's happening with Boston than I do. Like, what's their deal? Uh, yeah, Boston's ha Boston is quietly having quite a good season. Uh, they're in the second wildcard spot at the minute, or I think they're in the first wildcard spot now, actually. Their win against San Jose uh, bumped them up because San Jose continues to disappoint me uh, yeah. because the Blue Jackets are chasing Boston for that wildcard spot, or they were until the standings got flipped. Anyway, the point is the Boston Bruins keep winning games, and it's intensely frustrating to me. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they play coming into LA because I feel like their last handful of games have been against non-playoff teams. Mm -hmm. uh, they played San Jose and then they played um, Seattle. And I don't know who they played before that, but I can find out. Um, but yeah, Boston's, Boston's been doing okay. Uh, so they have most recently played San Jose, Seattle. Uh, before that, Colorado, which they won somehow. Uh, and then Ottawa, which they won, and then they lost to New York and the Rangers. Uh, they lost to the Islanders and the Rangers. So that's their last six games. Um, so, you know, they're, they're doing okay, but they haven't played a ton of very good teams. Um, I don't know if the Kings are considered a very good team, but they're definitely a team that is above the, sta above the standings of a lot of the teams that the Boston Bruins mm -hmm. have played recently. Um, just got Brad Marchand back from a oh, suspension. Great. I don't know if they have um, Bergeron back because he's dead. <laughs> no, he's back. He's back. Apparently, he scored. Um, he scored in, against the Shark. He's not dead. He got a concussion, I think. Um, so it looks like they're pretty healthy. Obviously, the Tukarask 
thing happened and that was that sucked. Uh, but they again quietly very good goaltending. Uh, Linus Almark and Jeremy Swayman have been doing extremely well, and also uh, very important to note because this is a goalie friendly show. Uh, they do big bear hugs after every win. It doesn't matter which one is in is in net. The other one comes over and gives them a big bear hug in victory. So that's like, extremely goalie, important. Like their goalie hugs are like I hesitate to say anything nice about them because we're playing them, but like it is legit one of the most charming things happening in the NHL this season. And I feel like everyone was like kind of bummed that Tuka Rask's comeback attempt didn't work. Like you know, you can hate him or love him, but you know has historically been a fantastic goalie and. Uh, always entertaining, uh, especially when he gets big mad about something. And so it was, you know, disappointing to see his career end like that, just not being able to to perform to the best, uh, you know, of his ability to play at the NHL level. But, you know, it did give us back these great hugs. <laughs> and I also f- feel that um, the Linus uh, Olmark, like, is just another example of what happens when you remove someone from Buffalo. Because I feel like everyone just assumed he was a terrible goaltender from his time with the Sabres. And surprise, he's actually like, okay. It's incredible what can happen if you put someone behind a semi-competent defense. Yeah, just even like, even even a little bit competent. And it's it's interesting, like, because I know a handful of, of Bruins fans and it, it's, you know, I think you know, you can also sort of identify with this as someone who follows the Blue Jackets of sometimes you're just happy when your team wins a game and you're happy when you're doing well and you're like, okay, this is really great and cool and whatever happens, happens. Like that's kind of my take as a Kings fan, especially over the past couple of years of the rebuild is just like, enjoy whatever this team gives you and it's fun and it's cool. Like every Bruins fan I know seems to act like the sky is falling and the team is like, dead and needs to just rebuild like rebuild everything and we're not going to win the stanley cup so everything is over and the sport is dead to us like there's such a outsized reaction to the bruins struggles this season that makes me feel like they're doing way way worse than they actually are and then yeah i look them up in the standings and they're in a playoff position so chill out <laughs> Yeah, I constantly feel like I'm being gaslit by Bruins fans. And I think this is kind of what happens when you get used to Boston sports. Mm-hmm. You know, they had it so good for so long. And now the team is kind of, I don't want to say struggling, but they're not, I would say they're not a lock mm-hmm. or Stanley Cup contenders. Yeah. Whereas, you know, most of the most of the time I've been a hockey fan, you know, I got into hockey in 2013 just after the... Uh, the Blackhawks Bruins mm-hmm. Cup final. Obviously, they won a couple of years before that, you know, so they were still very much relevant. This powerhouse of the East that everyone was like, oh my God, but the Bruins are the best team in the Eastern Conference, you know, they're the benchmark. Um, and now that they're not like hugely dominant, but still good, I think Boston doesn't really know what to do with a team that is only very good and not great. Yeah, it's it, the, 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 like the cognitive dissonance of seeing people's takes on the Bruins versus, you know, they're still a very good team. They've won six of their last 10. They've won four in a row. Uh, you know, they beat the Avalanche, who are a very good team. I feel like even if half of the Avalanche players aren't there, they're still a very good team. Um, you know, th- this is a game for the Kings that, you know, they can't come in and take this one lightly. They can't just try to 
skate through this one and see what happens and hope for the best. Like that's, that's not going to serve them very well. And it feels like one of those games where you're like, ah, yes, we sure do need all four lines to do something tonight instead of just looking at Phil Deneau at this point and expecting something to happen. Yeah, I think the, part of the other thing as well is that the Kings are, for the most part, playing four-line hockey. Mm-hmm. The so weird. depth is kind of an issue for Boston mm-hmm. at the minute. You know, they've got their top line of um, Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron, which is very good. You know, uh, Marchand's got 52 points. Uh, Pasternak's oh. got 28 goals. You know, um, that's still an incredibly dominant top line and then after that it's kind of a question mark like they have Taylor Hall on the second line Charlie Coyle is there I guess they don't really have a second line center um and then before that it's mostly just a mix of some guys TM like Jake DeBrusque exists uh Nick Foligno ostensibly exists on that team um but it's it's very much a it feels like it's a one line team yeah, there. I just I was just looking at their roster, and I'm like, yeah, these are all names. Oh, Derek Forbert's on the Bruins. Oh yeah, he scored against the Sharks the other night, I think. Oh, of course he did. That's funny. Yeah. His four his four goals this season. That's very funny. Um, considering he's definitely scoring tonight. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely scoring. <laughs> like he, you ever just look at a roster and know who's scoring? Oh, yeah. And of course it's going to be Derek Forbert. And he, I mean, his time with the Kings, he had six goals in 268 games with the Kings. And he spent much of that time playing with Drew Doughty. So if like there was any ever a time for you to succeed on offense, it would be when you're playing top pair defensive minutes with Drew Doughty. Six goals, 268 games. He has four in 48 with the Bruins. What yeah, is his happening? career high is 18 points. Uh, he's currently at nine points on the season. What is happening? I, I, I shouldn't have looked this up because now I'm confused and scared. <laughs> yeah, so he's definitely scoring. He's definitely scoring a revenge um, goal. I, I hate it. I don't, I don't like that at all. Um, I totally forgot he signed there. Um, that's astounding. Yeah. He's, he's, this is disgusting. He's going to score. <laughs> Hopefully he scores early and you can get it out of the way. And then right. are there any ex Bruins on the Kings right now? I don't think there are. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I would like to Phil Deneau could continue to haunt the Boston Bruins. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm super okay with that. Um, well, we'll see how this game goes. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be back to kind of break down whatever happens in this game against the Bruins. I hope it isn't terrifying. I hope that, like, if Derek Forbert scores, that, it, yeah, it's not the game winner because that'd be sad. Um, and to bring it full circle, because this is going to tie all of our things together nice and neat, Um in a way that's going to depress Kings fans, uh, which is, of course, the hot minute that we had Milan Lucic on the team uh, because Dean Lombardi decided he wanted Milan Lucic and made that trade with the Bruins, which included uh, the Kings' first-round pick at the time, which was a huge mistake because the Kings... Oh, no. Who did that pick turn into? 
Yeah, well, it, it it turned into one that that was the whole like, oh, the Bruins could draft really, three really good players here, and then they drafted three guys who have mostly done nothing. Um, but the Kings apparently had wanted to draft Matt Barzal, and obviously did not materialize because they gave that pick to the Bruins, who basically wasted it. Fine, I don't care. Um, well, why would but, you why would you draft Matt Barzal when you have the chance to acquire Milan Lucic? I mean, like that's that is that's just a trade you've got to make. Obviously, like I think Dean Lombardi has taken over <laughs> from, from, from your words to from your mouth to Dean Lombardi's brain or something. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about that a lot when I was watching the Kings Islanders game, and unfortunately, Barzal left partly through the game because of an injury that I you know it wasn't like it was just a bad fall into the something something. But I was like, man. We could have had that very talented, charming, handsome young man on our team. And instead we had one season of mediocre Milan Lucic. <laughs> was he even there for a full season? He was. And, but, and like, I, I will say like, it was kind of like his last season being even vaguely competent. And then he went to wherever Calgary Edmonton, Edmonton and just like fell off a cliff. Um, so if, if we can thank Dean Lombardi for anything, it's the fact that he didn't sign Milan Lucic long-term and let him walk, but man. Oh yeah, he sure did play 81 games for the LA Kings in 2015. He had 55 points. Yeah, he was like, it was, it was a season where I was like, oh, like you can actually play hockey and not just be like a Brad Marchand wannabe. Like you can't actually play the game and not beat people up. Um, But then, yeah, I was like, no, please please don't give him all the money. And then they didn't, but it was too late. yeah, we could have had Matt Barzal. Think of what this team would look like with him on it. In fairness, when you said that they swapped him for a pick to the Bruins, I completely messed. I couldn't think of what the timings were, and I genuinely thought you were going to be like, "Yeah, they drafted Charlie McAvoy with that pick." <laughs> oh, that would also be. I would have had to walk into the river about. Yeah, that'd be really painful. No, that was the year that Boston had accumulated three first-round picks right, right in a row. That was the Boston could get Barzal, Shillington, and yeah. Uh, I think Connor, Cal Connor was the other one, I think. Yes. Yeah. And instead and ended up with Jake Zabras, who and ironically everyone hates now, but he was the most successful yeah. of those three yeah. bad picks. Yeah. He it was, is it was him, yeah. Zboril, and another guy who I don't remember the name of, which, you know, doesn't bode well for that guy. Right. But, yeah. And now I'm like, you. wow, Jake Zabras is terrible. And I'm like, okay, but where is Zboril now? Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> Europe, I'm going to guess. So that, that's the thought that I have to leave you all with is that I hope you all listen to the show and then whenever you have a spare 15 minutes, just sit and think wistfully of what this team would look like both talent-wise and handsome-wise if it had Matt Barzal. Just, just think about that and be sad and then like, I don't know, write an angry letter to Dean Lombardi that goes, how dare you? And then he'll write you back with like a 45-page screed on why it was the right choice and then all will be well in the universe. So that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for joining us on a mini Kings Monday slash a Mondays with Jay slash let's talk with someone else who isn't just me about the Kings. Chaos Mondays. <laughs> Whatever day of the week it is. Uh, I am glad that you listened to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Jay, for people who want to hear anything uh, more of your delightful wisdom and or wisdom about the rain or whatever where can they find you and all your stuff online 
Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. If you care about the Blue Jackets, which I cannot recommend, uh, but if you would like to do that, uh, then you can find that. You can find Locked on Blue Jackets over at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. I do a podcast for the Cleveland Monsters of the AHL for Field Pass Hockey called Monsters Musings with Dina Weinheimer. And I write nice things about the Ontario Reign because I like to talk about a team that's actually competent and good occasionally. Uh, and so you can find all of my written work for that over at fieldpasshockey.com or at FPH Reign on Twitter. All right. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with me here on the show. You can find me on Twitter at right said Sarah locked on Kings is at locked on LA Kings. Uh, and of course available wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure you've subscribed, make sure you've followed, hit that big notification button or whatever. So you never miss a future episode and come back tomorrow and all the time, all the week long for more Kings content here on locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.